Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Akuo Church, I'm so excited to be with you to continue this series called Listen Up. In this series, we want to take a look at the one thing that we can all do that will help us get closer to God. We're going to take a look at how listening to God's words can actually change our lives. And today we're inviting a friend of the church, Israel Mendez, to help us dive deeper into this idea. Israel, also known as Izzy, is one of the pastors at Alamo Community Church downtown. Their church actually just got started in the last few months, and it's been amazing to see Izzy and the other pastor that's there, Ryan Proudfoot, get their church off the ground. As we know here at Akuo, it can be a crazy time when you are getting a church started. And one of the lessons that Izzy has learned is that you have to listen to God to get through it. So Izzy has a fantastic message lined up for you here today that has come from great experience. So without further ado, here is Pastor Israel Mendez. Well, good morning, Akuo Church. It is great to be with you. My name is Izzy. Uh, you might not know me, and maybe you do. Uh, just think of me as the primo or the, the, the family member that you have not yet met, but uh, maybe got to know a little bit at Thanksgiving that you've heard of. And so it is my absolute pleasure to be with you this morning. We love Akuo. I'm, I get the privilege of serving at ACC Downtown as one of the pastors. And Akua Church has been incredible to us. And so I just want to say thank you for having me and welcoming me into your living room or to the coffee shop or wherever you might be uh, as we continue to talk about prayer. Would you do me a favor and open your Bible with me as we examine what this looks like? In Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, it reads like this. And Jesus Full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I, will, and I give it to whom I will. If you, then, will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, and lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So as a church, I know that you have been talking about this idea of prayer. For us at ACC Downtown, we've been talking about prayer and other spiritual disciplines and how they are crucial to the life of every believer. It's not so much a means to an end, but a pathway to greater intimacy with our Lord Jesus. And that includes prayer, and it is vital to the life of who we are. 
One of the reasons why these disciplines are so important is because with intimacy, and comes through prayer, comes strength. And there's nothing more than Satan would want to do than to create space between you and Jesus. And how often does he do this through the means of distractions? We are a people who are bombarded with distractions. I mean, just think about your life, right? That we are so surrounded by noise constantly. Right? The, the, the reality is that, that according to a recent study, people spend about on average two hours per day on social media, right? So think Instagram or Facebook or whatever means of social media that you might enjoy. Again, it's not a bad thing. But we also spend four hours on YouTube and other v various video methods, right? So think about this. The average person is spending about six hours a day bombarded with, with messaging, and a lot of it is actually in opposition to the way of Jesus and not beneficial to our lives at all. Six hours a day. And you combine that with an, another average study recently said that there's about six to 10,000 ads that we're infiltrated with per day. And so we are constantly fighting this noise in our lives. Again, it is, it is, it is not helpful at all to our spiritual walk with Jesus. And we wonder why we cannot find peace. We can't find it. We're looking for it and we can't find it because our lives are full of distractions. And we get to a place where we even want to have a quiet time or pray. We can't because we don't even know how. Think about it. We drive and what's the first thing we do? We play music, right? We, we grab a book to read and our playlist of choice is readily available. I mean, think about even working, right? You have, you're, you're doing your work from home situation. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> We're working from home and we have the TV playing in the background. Or think about it like this. We can't even watch TV without having some sort of other distraction. Think about the, the last time you watched a show. What'd you do? You had a phone in your hand and you were scrolling mindlessly as you were watching the last sports game. Right? We are a people that are committed to distractions. We are surrounding ourselves with noise all while the inner part of who we are is designed for and crying out for a silence and a time to get away with the only one who can calm the storms of our minds and silence the noise of our lives. The discipline that we're gonna to examine today is the ancient practice of silence and solitude as it refers to prayer. We see this, we see this in specifically in Jesus in the quiet place. You may be wondering what this whole passage we just read has to do with the spiritual discipline or foundational practice to prayer, and I would respond to that as pretty much everything. This account is present in all the synoptic gospels. Think Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And some things about this stand out. Like, wait, Jesus is full of the spirit and he's led into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil. How does this happen? It's important that we understand that the wilderness isn't actually a bad thing, even though we might think it is. It's actually intentional. The Greek word for wilderness using this passage is the word aremos, which is often translated as the quiet place or the lonely place. After his baptism and even before the start of his public ministry or the calling of his disciples, Jesus goes to the quiet place and is present, full of the Spirit and in prayer. 
Some accounts mention that he is praying and fasting as this is happening. And Jesus is in the Aramos battling Satan. He's quoting scripture. He's fasting. And what we see is that he ends up becoming victorious. But again, for Jesus, the Aramos or the quiet place or the wilderness or the desert is where it all begins. John Mark Comer explains it like this. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness because it was there and only there that Jesus was at the height of his spiritual powers. It was only after a month and a half of prayer and fasting in the quiet place that he had the capacity to take on the devil himself and walked away unscathed. Not only do we see this in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, but we see Jesus practice this and model this for his disciples over and over. Rather than seeking the next big thing or the next big miracle or the next big crowd, Jesus makes an intentional time to get away, to pray, and to be with God. We see this, that he does this in Mark chapter 1. Jesus leaves early in the morning to find a quiet place to be and to pray. His disciples are looking for him and can't find him. In Luke 5, his popularity is spreading. Large crowds are following him. They are bringing their sick to be healed by him. And in that verse 16, he says, Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. In Luke 9, he invites Peter, James, and John to pray into the quiet place. The quiet place of prayer is a regular rhythm for Jesus. Time and time again, we see Jesus escape the hustle, the bustle. He leaves the noise to, behind to pray and to be with the Father. I want us to think about this. If Jesus made it a priority, who is present in the creation of the world, that spoke things into existence, was God in the flesh, made this a regular rhythm to spend time in silence and solitude, why don't we value this practice and incorporate it into our own lives. I would venture to say, because silence and solitude in context of prayer is actually a cultural disruption, right? The idea of silence and solitude for many already brings about a sense of anxiety and discomfort, right? Like the moment that you think about silence, you're like, I don't like this because we're not used to it. Think about this, since 2007, we've had these practically appendages stuck to our bodies that are, are at our fingertips at any moment. If you don't know what I'm referring to, it's called the iPhone, right? That we have an infinite wealth of knowledge in our hands that at a moment's notice, we can bring up probably about a billion songs, right? We can, we can scounder the internet, we can search for whatever it is that we find, and we have libraries of information all at our fingertips so that we are never bored and only a glance away from filling space and time. Think about this. You can't even be in the line at Starbucks or your local coffee shop without pulling it out because you're scrolling, right? You, you just don't like silence and solitude. You don't like the idea of just standing there and being. We fear silence and solitude. It's why even some churches work really hard to never have any dead space, right? It's why there's the smooth transitions after prayer and the, the worship leader comes up. And again, I'm not knocking that. I, I think there's a place for it. But we just fear silence. In the words of an old emo band, or I would say emo prophets, <laughs> that I really like named Emery, they say that silence is as loud as a gunshot. That we fear it. 
right? Our culture values the hustle, the grind, and we elevate the ability to multitask. We are inspired by what people can do. We promote people who don't take breaks. We view them as role models of which we are imitate, all while never acknowledging that this is the way of the world, but most certainly not the way of Jesus. Here's the thing, silence and solitude, the quiet place with God, is vital to our relationship with God and essential to the refreshing of our own souls as we strive to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. The late Catholic theologian Henry Nouwen says this, he said, without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. We do not take the spiritual life seriously if we do not set aside some time to be with God and listen to him, right? I know you've been talking about prayer. Prayer is not just this us voicing our concerns and our requests, but it is actually being quiet enough to hear from God himself, that still small voice that speaks in the moment that we need it. This has been a struggle for me in the past as well. All of us have our preferred ways of dismissing silence and solitude so we don't have to deal with the inner emotional and spiritual things at times. For me, this is work. I'm a workaholic by nature. Uh, I, I value work and I think it's a good thing, but I can use this as a lot, a, a lot of times to not deal with the inner things that are going on in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. One of my best friends, Ryan Proudfoot, you guys may have known him. He was the guy that preached here a couple months ago and, and was really great and, and fantastic. One time he lovingly told me, he says, bro, you work so that you don't have to face what you're feeling. And in that moment, I was one, like, how dare you? <laughs> Two, I was like, you're actually right. Here's the thing, I don't think that I'm the only one that, that does this. I think you might do this as well. Surely I cannot be the only one, but we dislike the quiet place. We dislike it because we are scared of what it might uncover in our lives. We're faced with the, the inner woman or man, the shadow self that, that we don't actually want to confront. But while the world values the noise, we seek to, to be followers of the way of Jesus who are yearning to hear the still small voice of the Spirit of God inviting us into a depth of love and intimacy that only comes with being still before him with nothing to offer but our attention. Yet we can't even give him that. But silence and solitude, though it's a cultural disruption, it's a way of abiding in God through prayer. This practice is essentially to abide, rest, or to get away with God, to listen to, listen to how Jesus lovingly states this in the Gospel of John. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11, he says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus loves us just as he is loved by the Father, and he delights in us abiding or being with him. As a result of abiding or resting or being with Jesus, the scripture promises that we get joy to the fullest. Right? Think about this kind of love or this kind of relationship that, or this, the intimacy that is involved with that. Right? So close that you can just be in silence and be there. I think about my parents who have been married now for about 33 years. 
And some of the ways that I, I love watching them interact is that they can just be in a room with each other and say nothing. Right? This, they can spend the whole day just kind of sitting there and doing their own thing in and, and, and the same room, but you know that there's a depth of love and intimacy that even in the science, they don't need to say a word, any words. And this is the kind of relationship that God desires for us as we rest and abide in Jesus. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. This is true of ordinary friendship as well, right? Again, I mentioned Ryan earlier. He's one of my best friends. We've been on vacations together, and people ask, like, what's that like? And I'm like, we don't say anything. <laughs> we just kind of sit there, and we'll drink a beer. We'll watch a movie. We'll watch a, a, a sporting event, and we don't say a word, and we don't question the, the love there. We don't question the friendship. It's assumed that we can just be who we are with one another, and that is the kind of relationship that Jesus invites us into. It's in the silence and solitude where we create space for not only external noise to be silenced, but our minds and heart to be silenced and allow the Spirit to meet us in the moment as we abide in Christ's love. The author Ruth Haley Barton in the book Invitation to Silence and Solitude says this, in silence we not only withdraw from the demands of life and the company of others, but also allow the noise of our own thoughts strivings and compulsions to settle down so we can hear a truer, more reliable voice, parentheses, God. In silence, we create space for God's activity rather than filling every minute with our own. This practice has been formative to my own life, especially over the last couple of weeks. I've had about two weeks of something just going on nonstop, right? Every night, there's something, you get invited to something, you, you, you get invited to this next thing, there's family, there's all these kinds of things, right? Fighting for our attention, and I found myself in this space. And I remembered uh, sitting on my couch, overwhelmed with things that are going on, and, and I was trying to pray, but I kept getting distracted. And so I set aside time to sit on this couch in silence and just say this, I kind of have a centering prayer that I praise that my mind gets distracted or my heart starts to wander. I say this, Jesus, quiet my heart, quiet my mind. Jesus, meet me here. And as I prayed that prayer sitting on my couch, it was as if a silence hit the room and peace fell upon my house. My house was so quiet that I could hear the ticking of my watch. And it was in that moment I was reminded of Jesus' nearness to me, that he delights in hearing from me and me abiding in him. And it was in that moment that I was reminded in a still small voice in prayer that God is with me. If Jesus desires us to experience this kind of relationship, this type of nearness, how do we begin to make steps forward along that path? How do we respond to this invitation? My advice or pastoral counsel or just think of it as your primo saying, hey, you should do this. It's simple. Take him up on the invitation. Right? Jesus invites us into this life. But let me say a few words here. That if you're hung up on the words of silence and solitude, here's a helpful way to frame it from our friends at Bridgetown Church. They say this, silence and solitude is this. Intentional time in the quiet place to be alone with ourselves and God. And it's there that Jesus meets us. Again, this is something that Jesus models. And so if you're saying like, Izzy, you don't understand. Uh, I'm an extrovert. 
I can't do this. I can't just sit still and pray and, and wait to hear from God. Like, I got I to gotta be with people. I, and, and so we, dis, we were quick to dismiss that. I would say, Jesus models this. This is for you. And for the introvert that says, are you kidding me? This is a dream come true. I don't have to talk to anybody. This is for you too. But here's what it's not for the introvert. I'm naturally introverted. It's not isolation. It's intentional time with God. That means we're not just vegging out on Netflix as we try and pray, but we're asking God to meet us in the moment as we hear from him. So I want to leave you with a couple of things some practical steps to enhance your life of prayer as you seek Jesus in silence and solitude. Simple. Make a plan. Make a time to, to pray. Right? So before that you wake up, or not before you wake up, you can't really do that if you're asleep. <laughs> and don't try sleeping prayer. That's not a thing, okay? That's not a thing. Don't, you're not that spiritual. But, but before you get up, right, our natural inclination right away is to what? Reach for the phone. Right, we, we, we naturally reach for the music. Before you even do that, take some time, sit down, and ask God to meet you where you're at. Second thing is start with realistic expectations. Right? You're not going to go into this and just like spend a whole day in silence and solitude. You probably won't even get to an hour right away. If all you have is 10 minutes, spend those 10 minutes asking to hear from God prayer. The third thing is this, expect that it might feel like war before it ever feels like peace that God brings, right? You're like, wait, what? This is going to feel like war? Think about it. We just read the account of Jesus, and that is where he was tempted by the devil. Our minds are going to try to wonder. They're going to try and stray, but expect it. Lastly, I would say, have a word or phrase that you come back to when your heart or mind might start to wander. I mentioned mine a minute ago was, quiet my heart, quiet my mind, Jesus meet me here. Uh, Rich Viotis, who's a pastor in New York, often says that his is, Jesus, here I am. Something as simple as that. John Mark Comer would say that his is, God, I'm human. Meaning, God's going to know our tendencies to, to, to wander and strive and, and, and kind of get distracted. But we have a word or a phrase that reminds us that God is intentional about meeting us in our space. Now, I understand that, that if you're hearing this, some, some people might not even know what, what following Jesus looks like. And I would say, before you even get invited into silence and solitude, that Jesus is making an invitation to you to be his son or daughter. It's as simple as having a conversation. I know Humby mentions this all the time. It's a simple conversation that you have with God, telling him that you believe in him, right? That you've trusted in him, right? That, that you believe he says who he is. And it's a simple invitation that Jesus offers to you to know him, to be his son and daughter. And in that, we have a plethora of blessings. We have forgiveness of sin. We have eternal life. Every wrong is made right, right. We have a future and a hope to look for, and Jesus offers that to you. And so before, even if you're not a believer, if you would say, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on the Christian side of things, I would say, Jesus is offering relationship to you. And I want to pray with you and for you, Akuo Church.
God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that even before an invitation to silence and solitude, that we, inv we are invited to relationship with you. That you would say the simple words, come and follow me, and that we would take you up on that journey. Jesus, we thank you for dying for our sins, for paying the price that we deserved. We thank you for your love that knows no end. And Jesus, I pray that we would respond to this love by growing deeper in intimacy and knowing you. Jesus, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Akuo Church, I love you, and thanks for having me. God bless you this week. All right, thank you, Izzy, for bringing an awesome and challenging message here today. If you appreciated the word that Izzy brought, please let him know in the chat room. You can throw out some fun emojis, like maybe give one of those like strongman arms or something like that. But whatever it is, just let Izzy feel loved by the Akuo community. Now, before you go, there are a few things that I'd like to share with you. The first thing I want to talk about is how we will be linking to our community for the Christmas season. Guys, I've been talking to the, about this for the last few weeks for the second year in a row. We will be helping out Christian Assistance Ministry, also known as CAM, with their Christmas store. We're going to be helping stock it up. Now, this is a place that families can go get signed up to get new toys for their kids if they can't afford them. There are other programs that take care of Christmas presents for families like Elf Louise and Blue Santa, but to be in those, you had to sign up for those like months and months ago. What CAM does in this store is that they take care of families, whether they've been struggling for the last few months or the last few days. They're taking care of people right now. And the way that you can help them take care of these families is by doing this. First, you can go to CAM. They have an Amazon and wish, a Target wish list online. Now, to buy some of those gifts, all you have to do is go to our social media or go to CAM's website and click on the links and purchase the gifts. Then, those gifts will automatically get shipped to CAM. The other thing you can do is pick up your toys and bring them here next week on December the 5th then we can deliver them to Cam. I can't wait to see the impact that you guys are gonna make on our community through this. And guys, here at Akuo, we understand the importance of community. And over the last month or so, God has been pushing us to get connected to our neighborhood's faith community. So a few weeks ago, Pastor Mike Bailey from Redeemer Lutheran, Pastor Olivia Walker from Jefferson Community, and Pastor Larry Sears from Grace Presbyterian all got together and had some delicious Mexican food, the Lord's food. We all know that, right? And while being able to spend this special time with each other, we decided that we needed to get together to encourage the believers we have in our congregations and the believers in our neighborhood. So because of this, we're gonna have a multi-church prayer service happen this Wednesday, December the 1st at 7 p.m. in the hall at Jefferson Community Church. Now during this time, each one of the four pastors will go up, lead us through an idea and a prayer that they can do only in their own way. Now, in addition to all this, there will be childcare provided and the folks from Jefferson Community Church will be cooking a meal in the giant kitchen that they have there. So meet us up and get fed physically and spiritually on December the 1st, this Wednesday. And the reason that we're able to do things like this, guys, is because of you and because of the ways that you guys give to God's kingdom movement and trust that God wants to work through you here at Akuo. So thank you for your generosity. And here at Akuo, what we do to practice generosity is called the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which just means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now we know that when you trust God with anything, 
He blesses you through it. And the same thing happens with your resources. Now, that might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. And if things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you. We wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, please let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church, and you can also call or text us at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Then when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. Or you can also use our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically at all, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. So I just want to let you know that we will be loving and praying for you all week long. So please allow me to pray for you one last time before we go in our separate ways. So Jesus, I thank you for all the folks that, that tuned in today. And I ask that as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV and puts away their phone, that you would be speaking to them. And I pray that they'd be able to listen up to the words you are saying. I pray that during this holiday season that you would show them the ways that you want them to love the people around them and the ways that you want them to be listening to you and the paths that you want them to follow. Thank you for everything that you've given to us, Jesus. We love you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, it's all that we have for you this week. We will see you this Wednesday for that multi-faith, multi-church prayer time. Enjoy your week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.